God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show, and I'm joined by the lovely Leonor Cravotas. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So you seem to be showing up on the Scott Adams Show more and more these days. Maybe it's you're making sure that Scott Adams doesn't fall down and hurt his back, right? <laughs> well, I wasn't going <laughs> to say it that way, but yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's probably partly true. Well, you know, and I think it's also, you know, there's been so much going on and uh, we haven't been here for a number of weeks. So I think, <laughs> so I think it's not a bad idea for yeah. you to have somebody else uh helping you out for a little hey, bit. Hey, I got this back brace on. I'm connected to my uh, IV antibiotic pump and the show must go on, right? That's the way it, that's the way it goes. So, you know, um, one of the most disturbing things that's going on in Washington these days is still the enemy within. You know, Donald Trump was the purest thing to a conservative that I've ever seen and witnessed in my yeah. life. He represented to me everything uh, that was conservative. You know, he was um, pragmatic about some of the difficult topics. He was uh, strong when it came to national security uh, because Reagan was right. You know, if you have a strong military, it will le- it will not be tested. People will not want to challenge it because they know, assuredly that their destruction will be a guarantee. So that's how you get peace, through strength. And in addition to that, uh, the the Middle East policies, you know, placating to our enemies, the triangle uh, that represented um, El Salvador and Nicaragua and Honduras and Colombia, you know, all those countries that we are giving money to that weren't, Uh, helping us out with the southern border, protecting our border. A nation without borders is not a nation. How many many decades have we heard that statement with this issue of uh, national security and border security? But you have right now a rogue regime that 
lied, cheated, and stealed their way into, stole their way into uh, Washington because they've been there their whole life. They already had the keys to everything. And now we're finding out that, you know, the Russian hoax was, in fact, a hoax. I love the fact that The View, of all places, called uh, Adam Schif- Shifty Schiff on the carpet. Well, he said you're 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 um you're you've compromised your integrity. He never had any, but you well, know, when the basically left calls him. you out, and then th- that really says something. Well, I think it was a conservative voice on the View. I don't even know who that is. Well, now, who's who's gone? Who's left? I mean, uh, didn't Meghan no, McCain I mean, I think leave? It was a face I don't recognize. I didn't recognize, but um, I don't know the name of her. But she did a great job uh, calling him to the carpet, saying you were pushing and peddling a whole bunch of lies, and now your credibility is shot. And he uh, tried to talk his way out of a paper bag, as politicians often do. But, you know, even Tim Scott had these great interviews with Brian Kilmeade over at Fox News. And even Tim Scott, you know, just recently endorsed Lisa Murkowski. Oh, it's Morgan Ortegas. Okay, Morgan Ortegas. She, appear, she appears frequently on Fox News, so I would say she's a, she's a conservative, as you said. She was the one who clashed with that with Adam Schiff over the discredited dossier. Good for her. She did yeah. a great job. Yeah, I no, like she's her. really good. You'd, if you if you saw her, you'd recognize her. You see her on TV all the time. Well, I saw her. I saw her on Fox and Friends today. That's yeah. where I got this, but. Um, I thought that was really powerful yeah. that she called him. And she did a great job. So I, kudos to, what's her name? Morgan Ortegas. <laughs> kudos to Morgan Ortegas. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am terrible with names, right? <laughs> you know, we, we, have a, we, we have a lot of fun with names and things. like When you talk about things like shoes, you'll say to me, you should get Pollyanna shoes. And I'm like, what the heck are Pollyanna shoes? And then I realize you meant Mary Jane's. Yeah, I, I like Mary Jane. I like the look of the Mary Jane's. I, I don't wear them. I, I don't wear the Mary Jane's. But uh, you do, <laughs> and they look cute. They look cute. So yeah. yeah. So 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 it is funny uh, with the names. Yeah, and uh, but you know even Tim Scott is as great as he is, and I, I don't take you know a lot away from him, except to say that you know he's endorsed Lisa Murkowski. Why would he do that? Yeah. And now you know the biggest uh, uh, problem of all is you have someone like Emerald Robinson. Uh, one of my favorite tweeters. Yeah. Right? Twitter tweeters. Yeah. And I use her stuff all the time. Twitter personalities. Yeah. Well, she's an influencer and um, and she makes a difference. But she was fired from Newsmax because of her COVID pieces. And she was writing some things about COVID that were dead on, spot on, uh, accurate. And it's a doggone shame. But she's now banned on Twitter. Why in the world... Are we having this happen? You know, they have this FCC woman that's that's uh, basically a rogue person that wants to be in charge of the FCC. She's going to have to go for approval. Let's see how the Republicans do in Washington with regard to her um, getting uh, the approval necessary to to be the FCC chairman because she wants to ban Fox News, for one. Um, she also wants to take all conservative voices off the air. You know, she thinks it's bad for uh, democracy. You know, that's what she said. It, it's a uh, uh, Fox News has been uh, a threat to democracy. You know, the truth is a threat to democracy. Well, 
in this case, Newsmax uh, threw Emerald Robinson under the bus. And Newsmax is conservative. Yeah, well, they were supposed to be the most conservative. Yeah. And I always had a, uh, a few issues with Newsmax because I saw this. I saw this. And that's why you never heard me really get on the Newsmax bag- bandwagon. Some of these uh, upstart companies um, have an opportunity to just do right, and they don't. And that's the one thing I like about our show and the shows on this network is basically uh, we don't have a lot to lose, number one. Number two, you know, we tell the truth as best we can. Stories that you don't hear on Fox News and elsewhere, you'll hear here. You'll hear here. And so the people that listen into these shows are the benefactors of truth and the benefactors of fearlessness, uh, where we're not afraid of getting canned. Uh, because in our case, we own, uh, we own a lot of our infrastructure, so we're not too, too worried about it. We didn't sign on the dotted line for extra bucks. We could have. We've been offered. We've been contacted. Uh, to be on bigger networks and give up our sovereignty. But we chose not to do that. Uh, We like it just the way it is, pure. And that's what the Scott Adams Show is all about. It's about being pure. We're uh, fearless and we really don't care uh, about anything else. We care about the truth. Now, I want to tell you something. Um, Here's the... the, um, Executive Bear Executive, uh, you know, Bear like Bear Aspirin, right? Well, Bear, this is one of their executives, and basically, this is what he had to say about the RDNA, folks. We're in the middle of a terrible experiment by run by a guy that actually tortured beagles for unnecessary reasons, yes, Dr. Fauci. Well, right. and people are making people are making fun of that. You know, it's kind well, no, of like Peter's of all of all, now. all of all the things that he did. It just looks so ridiculous that it's now come down to him torturing beagles. Beagles, yeah. my favorite dog, by the way. Yes, That's it's like it, it, can you ma- you have this uh, image of Doctor Fauci torturing Snoopy. You know, yeah. that's what it comes down to. We had a we had a beagle growing up. His name is Poochie. Yeah, I'll never forget that dog. Love beagles. And, you know, of course, Snoopy is the beagle. Right. right? Like I said, Snoopy. Yep. All right. So let's take a listen. This is a really quick clip. We're going to take a listen to this bear executive. He admits in public that mRNAs, mRNAs, which is what this so-called vaccine, it's not a vaccine, folks. It's an experimental drug. They're shooting into your arm. They're mandating it without testing, without Long-term testing. You know, I like what Matthew McConaughey said. He's against it. You yeah. know what he said? He said, you know, it hasn't been studied enough. Yeah. He says, who knows what uh, it's going, what impact it's going to have on 11-year-olds yeah. uh, when they go about growing up and getting married and having children. Yeah. What is it going to do to your, um, your um, ability to have children? Right. You know, you're reproductive. Oh, and uh, all he's saying is you need more information before you mandate this. Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers is basically saying the same thing. And yet people like um, uh, Howard Stern and all these mavericks, so-called mavericks from yesterday, uh, are basically saying that Aaron Rodgers should be fired. I think it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they, there was a twist of words 
They want to fire him for lying because he kind of said he he didn't. uh, He was um, he was protected, but he never got the vaccine. But you know what? He was protected. Then he gets the virus. But now he's even doubly protected. And you know what? Everybody that's getting this virus isn't even dying. Right. I mean, most of the people that are getting the virus, you look at the statistics. Yeah, it's virtually harmless. And you look at the uh, stat from Ireland. I I spoke about this yesterday, but I'm going to say it again because I think it's worth mentioning. To me, it was the most important study is what is the total death rate for 2020? And in Ireland, it didn't change a bit. So how do you figure that? Oh, COVID, killing everybody. No. No, they were just calling COVID, um, a guy who dies of the flu, COVID. A guy who dies of a gunshot to the head, COVID. Yeah. A guy who gets hit by a bus on his motorcycle, COVID. You know, it's ridiculous. You know, and we're, we're sitting here watching it, but we're not doing anything. And that's why we need to take a learn. We need to learn and take a chapter from the parents. I love this parent, one parent in Loudoun County who said, you know, I don't co-parent. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the thing about COVID is we have had 757,000 deaths, but some of them have been miscoded, as you just miscoded, said. Miscoded, yeah. And also the other thing about the vaccines is, you know, I think th- that there's not a one-size-all-fits scenario. And and I, I believe we could also do more testing, that that could be an alternative, more rapid testing, as opposed to giving people the vaccine. Oh, I got a better one. Maybe, uh, maybe I don't even want, I don't want to one-up you. But... but Antibodies. Yeah, well, that's you got to do a lot more antibody but testing. It, but if you give people the option for a test, I bet you they will take the test over a vaccine if they feel if they're concerned about the potential side effects now, of a vaccine. I will say this: there was a video running around um, of a reporter, and uh, I posted it on. It was I found it on fa- Twitter. I posted it on Facebook, and Facebook flagged me immediately. Didn't suspend me yet, but um, they said it. It was partly false. Partly false. And it was uh, basically they were saying that the um, Red Cross, the Red Cross was not taking blood from vaccinated uh, blood sources. Yeah. Because it uh, lacked antibodies. Right. Somehow the uh, vaccine was killing antibodies or something like that. Which explains why so many people that have the vaccine, you know, and it's 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 really it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. How is it that, you know, we're mandating a vaccine that doesn't work? I mean, that's that's got to be the, you know, the the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And someone writes, huh, vaccinated blood is being rejected by the Red Cross to help treat covid patients. You know, so it it doesn't make a lot of sense. And why in the world would we, you know, be mandating a vaccine that just doesn't work? I mean, it has a a a uh, it works like half the time. Right. I mean, it's it, it certainly shouldn't be mandated like it is in New York. Of course, they say the final variant is called communism. Do not comply. Of course, that's the truth. That's that They're trying to get a social credit score system. We've been saying that since the beginning. The Bradford File writes, it's kind of hilarious they're trying to mandate a vaccine that doesn't stop the virus. 
And Rooster writes, I don't care about infrastructure. I care about stopping Biden's entire agenda. He didn't win this election and has no mandate to govern. But the, the head of Bear, the head of Bear, says this. Let's take a listen. Ultimately, the, uh, the mRNA vaccines uh, are an example for that uh, cell and gene therapy. I always like to say, if we had surveyed two years ago uh, in the public, would you be willing to take a, a gene, th- gene or cell therapy and inject it into your body, we would have probably had a 95% refusal rate. I think uh, this pandemic has also opened many people's eyes to, to innovation in the way that uh, was maybe not possible before. So basically, they're going, they're going from a 95% mm-hmm. refusal rate. Yeah. Otherwise, a 5%, I'll do it, right? Yeah. If you pay me. To now a 70% uh, adoption rate. Because that's what the goal they're trying to do is get to 70%. Mm-hmm. 70% then uh, makes it so corporations can buy in because the economic numbers are that. Meaning if it's 50-50, they can't afford to lose 50 they can't afford to reject 50% of their business that's walking into their stores. Like if you're walking into Best Buy or a shopping store of any kind, 50%, if you turn away 50% of the people walking through your door, you're going to go out of business. But if you, only have, if you um, get 70% of the people walking and 30% you have to reject, now you can bully that 30% into compliance. Uh, by having this uh, adoption. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's one of the things. So one of our favorite li- listeners and callers that calls in from time to time when our call system's working is uh, truck driver Terry from yes, Arkansas. Yes. So he texted in today. And, you know, he was nice. He uh, wished me well while I was um, sick. Um, yeah, very thoughtful. Thank you, Terry, for that. He says, honest question. When Vax idiots get COVID... Do they make antibodies or does the therapy destroy the body, the body's ability to make antibodies? Well, that's what they're suggesting, Terry. Yeah. That's, I think, what they're suggesting about this is that, um, you know, while the Red Cross is basically saying we don't want blood that has anti- we yeah. blood for COVID patients. Yeah. We need antibodies, folks. And so they're rejecting vaccines. So this guy from Bayer is basically saying this is an RNA test. Mm-hmm. This is all about RNA. Well, you know, um, Emerald Robinson, who we talked with uh, about uh, at the he- top of the show, wrote something on her substack, And she said, Luciferase was bad, but it gets worse. She says, I passed a car on the road last week with a bumper sticker that made me chuckle. It read, critical thinking, the other national deficit. I've, ne- I, I've been thinking about that bumper sticker a lot lately. Ever since my essay, What is Luciferase? Exclusively on Substack, set, out, set off a firestorm. The corporate media issued the same blanket denial with the same regurgitated sentences, a cut-and-paste journalism job if ever there was one. Seemingly around the world, there's no such ingredient secretly hiding inside the experimental vaccines. Did any of these so-called journalists do their homework? Did any of them actually perform a fact check? Of course they didn't. Most then, most of them didn't even read the essay. Let's be honest, most of them don't read anything at all. I had left the instructions for 
fact-checking my claim right there for everyone to see. Go to Moderna's website, click the patents page, click patent US 10,703,789. I'm going to repeat that so people can write that down. Go to Moderna's website, click the patents page, click patent US 10,703,789. And if you missed it, this will be available on podcast. And um, do a keyword search on Luciferase, L-U-C-I-F. E-R-A-S-E, Lucifer. That seemed, that seems a little sinister, doesn't it? Yes. This was too difficult a task for the dishonest horde of media. So basically, she writes this piece that basically says there's some sinister ingredients in these vaccines. And she gets fired from Newsmax. And she gets banned for writing this on Substack, she gets banned on Twitter. And I went to her site this morning, and she's suspended. Yeah. She's done. So her career is ruined over well, COVID. Well, maybe not completely. It may come I, back. I think, it's, I think it is. Yeah. Newsmax and so Last Refuge, conservative treehouse, writes, Newsmax and Twitter suspend Emerald Robinson for vaccine wrong think. Comrades, Emerald Robinson is a journalist who works for Newsmax as a White House as a White House correspondent. However, Emerald Robinson is also a free thinker who challenges communal orthodoxy and rebels against groupthink. In short, Mrs. Robinson is a subversive voice who refused to correct her thoughts and become a stenographer for the regime. Now, I want to play this uh, this piece on. This is a fairly long video as far as video and audios go. But this is something that's really important because just like I opened up and I said, Tim Scott is endorsing Lisa Murkowski. Uh, A lot of these magazines uh, uh, are selling out conservative voices. Mm -hmm. And, And the conservative cabal is still playing games, kicking the football back and forth in Washington that the Washington swamp is as steep and as deep as you could possibly get it. And so what I want to do is I want to hear this interview uh, that was uh, posted on November 4th. This is probably before a lot of this crap hit the fan. But in any case, we're going to take a listen to something that I think is really important. Emerald Robinson exposes institutional rot in the conservative movement. Let's take a listen. The, let's call it the institutional conservative movement. Uh, we're talking here about the think tanks, places like the Heritage Foundation, the American Enterprise Institute, the Hoover Institution. I've actually been a fellow at all three. We're talking about uh, the conservative magazines like the National Review, the first magazine actually I wrote for right out of college, right. um, the now defunct Weekly Standard, the kind of never Trump apparatus, which at least originated on the right And I think part of what you're saying, the message I get, is that there is a deep rot in institutional conservatism that the conservative activists and donors 
don't necessarily know about. Uh, give a little bit of an overview yes. of what this, where exactly this rot is, because I want to get to, obviously, our end goal is to fix it, to come out stronger. But let's start by identifying the problem. Sure. Well, probably the main problem with conservative, conservatism, Inc., is that it really only cares about the free market. It's not a movement for uh, the people. It's a movement for corporations. So they don't care if the free market provides porn, abortion, drugs. If people want them and there's a demand, then you know that's what they care about. So the people who only care about the free market become quote unquote libertarians and libertarians really only care about low taxes. And uh, on our network, Newsmax, not too long ago, there was a, a former Trump appointee, a Trump administration advisor. His name was Christian Witten. And I thought he summed it up really well. He said, he said, there's a problem with conservatism where there are a lot of people who don't want to fight cultural issues, like the Heritage Foundation you just mentioned. They, they say they don't do cultural issues, but the problem is, Dinesh, is that is where the fight is today. And that's what we're seeing in a lot of these elections, like the Virginia election last night. Uh, so if you look at the Supreme Court and the rulings we just got from Justices Amy Coney Barrett and from Kavanaugh, even this conservative, supposed conservative court is letting down true conservatism and what conservative Americans were promised. Uh, those two justices are already looking weak. And the Federalist Society that, that, that you know, put their names forward is looking like a joke. I mean, Barrett, Barrett basically looks like a liberal soccer mom uh, who's slightly to the right of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And here's what has happened. The whole conservative movement has essentially lost its way. And that's just half of those people. The other half basically got bought out by the left. So that's what happened when we're talking about National Review. That's what we're talking about when we talk about uh, Jonah Goldberg, who used to be with the National Review and got let go and then started the dispatch and the bulwark, which pretend to be conservative outlets, but take money from uh, big tech, from Facebook and from Google. So they're not concerned about big tech censorship that a lot of conservatives, regular Americans are experiencing because they're more concerned about getting the money from these big tech companies. And that's what I, even though I cover the White House, I started talking to insiders and sources. And that's essentially what I broke um, back in 2018 about the weekly uh, about the weekly standard and about national review and the weekly standard has you know as you know now become def defunct and, and folded I mean you're making an interesting point here which is that on the one hand these groups say we're not going to focus on cultural issues we're, we're libertarians right. we care about libertarian issues but even within libertarianism it isn't just about taxes it's also about basic civil liberties and as far as i can see none of these organizations have been front and center protecting churches and religious liberty protecting free speech the right to assembly all those rights have been grossly violated particularly now under covid and it seems like this institutional conservatism, if we can call it that, has been at best on the sidelines. Well, and I would add to that, just to interrupt that a little bit, is where have they been with J6? You know, well, these people are rotting in jail. Yeah. These patriots, because they want to distance themselves from Trump. Trump, like I said in the beginning of the show, is the most conservative. He is the he crystallizes 
what conservatism is supposed to be. And what's unfortunately happened is when Donald Trump became president, uh, on one hand, on a positive side, you, you sparked a rise in the Trump conservatives, the Trump Republicans, but then you sparked a rise in some of these Republican groups that are ones you probably wouldn't want to be associated with, the new never-Trumpers, and then you've got these, the, the, you've got this new branch of rhinos. I mean, there's a lot of Republicans that are not uh, really truly conservative in their Absolutely. actual behavior. Absolutely. Um, J.D. Vance comes to my mind. but uh, Well, yeah, well, and J.D. Vance, who I uh, <laughs> coordinated an event that he was the keynote for, you know, I think he's come out a little bit because he's appeared a little bit hypocritical in terms of how he presented his personal oh, story. Oh, they're up about it. And he's going to have a Republican primary, I think, in uh, like March or something, um, and uh, February, March. And uh, I hope, you know, I hope that the Trump conservative wins in Ohio. But um, in any case, one other thing I want to say about Tim Scott. All right. So this is something good about Tim Scott. So Tim Scott, you know, endorsed Lisa Murkowski. I have a big problem with that. Shouldn't have done that, in my opinion. But I think he's, you know, has a lot of good points that he makes. Um, But I will say this. The one thing he said in the Brian Kilmeade interview yeah. recently uh, that I thought was very, very extremely extraordinary and important is um, that he said that if Trump runs for president, he will not run. Yeah. So basically, he is leading the way suggesting that if Trump runs, Trump is the heir apparent, Trump is the incumbent. And I think that's the way we have to look at it. You know, Trump gets what Trump wants. If Trump wants it, he should get it. And the reason why is because he is the guy that took all the slings and arrows for us. He lost more than anybody, personally. And I think, you know, his sacrifices are worth everything to me. And so, you know, Ron DeSantis is looking great to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of alternatives that are looking good. Um, but if Trump wants it, the nomination, Trump gets the nomination. And then he gets our full support. And like I said, I, say, I said uh, all along, the way you take back our republic uh, and the way we win in the long run is, you know, you get someone like Trump to run uh, basically uh, – from 24 to 28 and his run his vice president would be someone like Ron DeSantis and so basically you get DeSantis running uh, winning in a, in a landslide uh, based on the the great performance and the complete disparity between Biden and Trump Trump being great and Biden being a complete numbnut and and getting and taking that ball and running from 28 to 32 and then from 32 to 36 you get a second term with DeSantis and who knows you know but we we would be in great shape with our supreme court to protect our constitution and that's how we take our republic that's how we save our country folks we got to win elections but first we got to get rid of these rigged machines and it starts in 2022. It, it continues with Trump, DeSantis, 
in 24. It continues with DeSantis and whoever he wants in 28 and 32, all the way out to 36. Our Supreme Court would be completely strong, and that's how we win, and that's how we take our country back. Uh, my my father just texted me and said it's Rick Scott, not Tim Scott. Did you, oh, you've been talking. Uh, you, I thought you were talking about Tim Scott, who the was South on South Carolina. Tim, it is Tim Scott from South Carolina, That's right. and Rick Scott is from Florida. I'm talking not about to, Tim not Scott. to correct, uh, not to correct uh, Chief Ray. Yeah, but no, I'm talking about Tim Scott, the black senator from South Carolina, who was interviewed by Brian Kilmeade um, recently, and uh, he. Yeah endorsed uh, Lisa Murkowski. Not you want to, to be, look that up? Just no, it's sure. oh, that he endorsed her? Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe. Maybe my, you got it wrong and it was Rick Scott who endorsed it. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's take a look, look at that. All right, well, do something else oh, while we're gonna, Well, we're going to go ahead and play a little bit more of this Dinesh D'Souza Emerald Robinson clip and we'll be back. They have, and again, uh, number one, a lot of it, like I said, comes down to that they just don't care about the cultural issues. They care more about taxes and corporations. But secondly, that they are paid to not care and to look the other way. So like in 2018, uh, there were rumors going around D.C. I was told by a few days. We're we're breaking into this news clip for a news alert. It's Rick Scott that... Okay, well, that makes more sense. Well, three days ago, Senate GOP campaign chief said he will help Murkowski. That's Senator Rick Scott of Florida said on Sunday that he will help Murkowski. It was Tim Scott who was doing an interview on Fox and Friends this morning with... uh, And did not endorse Lisa Murkowski. And did not not endorse... So so you can take back everything you said about Tim Scott, okay? Papa's always (laughs) right. So your Papa's right. (laughs) The man who taught you how to use a spoon is right. Yes, the Uh guy that taught me how to eat from a spoon... Is correct again. All right. So, he didn't want you to continue to embarrass yourself. Hey, so, so <laughs> uh, you know, I've been saying Tim Scott endorsed Lisa Murkowski. That was absolutely wrong. Um, I do like the fact that he said he won't run uh, for pres- the presidency if uh, Donald Trump decides he wants to run, which I think is the case. So, hey, you know, um, I stand corrected on that. Thank you, Papa. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a listen. This is actually kind of important because we got to know who our friends are in the conservative movement. Okay, so here we go. Several solid sources that there was an audio tape of Google executives who uh, have been recorded telling their their colleagues, their fellow employees that Google generously donated to conservative think tanks. you know, big groups that we thought of as on the forefront of the conservative movement at the time, AEI, CEI, the Cato Institute, CPAC, the Weekly Standard, the National Review. And essentially this executive was saying we paid them to uh, water, to help water down legislation that would, that would hold big tech accountable for their censorship and uh, the, their policing of content. But what was crazy, Dinesh, is I kept hearing this. I wasn't, I wasn't given the story to run with. And I waited because it was given to the Wall Street Journal. And months went by and months went by. And the Wall Street Journal barely did a piece, finally, that really buried the story. It almost provided co- cover for these groups. And so I did finally tweet about it that uh, these Never Trump magazines and, and think tanks took money 
to suppress uh, stories about the bias of conservative Trump's uh, conservatives and Trump supporters. That really unleashed people like Jonah Goldberg, who who said that did not happen. But then he had he went and asked the National Review and he had to backtrack that and admit that they had taken money. He said that they had supported their dinners. They gave him money, you know, for their dinners. And that's how they got money. But he was saying, oh, but that's not really taking money. So then they started admitting it. We started seeing more. And now they still work with big tech, but they're more blatant about it because they actually do full page ads. But that's a problem, because if these are the conservative beacons, the conservative, uh, you know, intellectual magazines, and they don't have the interest of conservative thought and free, free speech, uh, you know, as, as they're as what they're writing about or, or advocating for, then what are they conserving? I have yet to see what they've really managed to conserve in decades, except for their uh, their invites to to coveted. Uh, parties here in Washington, D.C., and their invitations to come on MSNBC. Well, you know, Emerald, I think what a strong- we're going to leave it there because that, that says a mouthful right there. Yeah. I mean, they're taking money from big tech. We go to these. Don't we get invited? We get invited to a lot of these things. Yep. And we go to these events in D.C. Um, they're fun to go to. Um, but. It's just a lot of hypocrisy. And we see it firsthand. And we know a lot of these names. And we know, even when we're shaking hands and smiling, uh, we know a lot of these people are hypocrites. You know, I was never really um, an all-in CPAC guy. And Matt Schlappi does great work. And, you know, without them... I think, you know, the net gain, the net benefit of Matt Schlapp and CPAC is greater than the negative. You know but, what I'm saying? But you know where CPAC's going to be for the second year in a row? The main CPAC, Florida, not all, Florida? Florida, Orlando. Yeah. No, but here's the thing. So I know that, but I also, you know, have to be pragmatic about it and say, you know what? CPAC is doing more good for the conservative movement, raising funds. Also getting personally rich off of this stuff. They, yeah. they make a ton, a truckload of money yeah. um, off of these things. But, um, you know, basically, I think that their neck value is, is still good. They give Trump a great platform to speak from. Uh, he, can, he can build unity off of that. But he's taking money from Google and uh, elsewhere. And are we actually getting ahead from all of this? You know, and uh, I always had a problem with CPAC uh, when I was at CPAC in 2016. And, you know, they were basically throwing Trump under the bus. This is before they knew who Trump was. They didn't know Trump was serious. And they were basically hijacking Trump. They were basically taking taking issue with Trump. And they were going to basically... what was that? There was like a coup against oh, No, what Trump was going time. on in 2016 during the presidential election is they were protesting his right to run for president. They were protesting his presence. his presence at CPAC. And this is with Red State. We had a booth and the Trump campaign was supposed to be next to us. Yeah. And then I think it was the second day of the event, which was one of the bigger days, yeah. that uh, we, we saw them. They just packed up and left. And at the time, you know what you and I said? We said, well, good for them. 
I mean, we, we, we kind of like we're in support of it because we, we sort of felt like if you, you, people are going to be antagonistic towards you. But then 2017, who comes back triumphant as the president of the United States? And then I've oh, seen him. Oh, they were all at, kissing his ring then. Yeah, I saw him come to CPAC and you were there several times, too, every year's subsequently while he was president. But we were on the Trump train since the escalator. And yeah, before. we were. We were. Um, but but and I'm proud of that because we never flip flopped or wishy washy. Uh, we never bought into, you know, I always saw Trump as the real McCoy. And I knew he was serious. And, you know, God bless him. I hope he runs again. By the way, I just want to send a shout out to Lynn Kelly, who texts me from time to time. And um, I think she may have even beaten my dad to the correction of Rick Scott. Well, of course, she's from Florida. <laughs> yeah, she's from Florida. So she had, and, and not only that, my dad is an is a, is a intermediate texter. And Lynn Kelly, I think, is an advanced texter. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I always said about my mother that she was born to text. Yeah. That she was one of those natural people for whom texting was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but she gets credit too for straightening Scott Adams out. It was Rick Scott that endorsed Lisa. Big surprise, right? <laughs> Rick Scott's also a rhino It wasn't loser. making sense, frankly, when you said it a while ago, well, but I hadn't fact-checked you yet. <laughs> okay, but I did hear a Scott do it, a Senator Scott, and uh, I just... just uh, well, I'm, you know, I'm you so, just got really preoccupied with the last... So, well, you got really preoccupied with the last name Scott. It confused you since it's actually, your first name. I have to say, I'm so happy that I corrected that because I hate to get, I hate to get it wrong. All right. Yeah, I do. I really do pride myself in trying to be right. So that's what's going on with Emerald Robinson, one of my favorite Twitter tweeters. She's getting fired by Newsmax. Shame on Newsmax for doing that. Well, I also think that there's, you know, her, you know, her mentioning the Luciferase uh, luminescent light or whatever or tracking device in in um, which she alleges is in the vaccine, I, I think a lot of it depends on how she phrased that. And the, the reality is, is that we don't know what we don't have enough information about these vaccines. And I think it, in all cases, it's a personal decision what people do. Like you mentioned Matthew McConaughey, and he's kind of like, all right, I'm vaccinated. He goes, but we're living, we've got, you know, a family members, you know, 90 years old is, you know, in our, we, we're in contact with who's immunocompromised. That's one of my reasons. He goes, but I, but it was my choice. It wasn't forced upon me. And I think that's the big issue, is making it a choice. And I really think if you offer to people the option of vaccine versus test, I think people will take you up on it because they'll feel like they have a choice. What do you mean? You will, like, for example, I have a doctor's appointment coming up. And I was asked, uh, do you have, are you vaccinated? Um, and if I wasn't vaccinated, the option would be, okay, you're going to have to have a COVID test. But if I was vaccinated, I would just show the card. And I think if we could have that type of policy in place more broadly, I think people would be a lot happier. I mean, like all this situation which you and I were talking about uh, yesterday. I, don't get I didn't get that. I have not been vaccinated. But you've but been tested a billion times. Yeah, but... Yeah, with every hospital. Every visit. hospital, you, um, multiple times. I mean, no, but I don't believe it. Back, see the the whole thing for me, the whole vaccination problem. The problem I have is they're trying to get to seventy percent, right? And once they get that number, corporations are going to wreak havoc on our lives. I, and and I, they're going to instill. They're going to instill. They're going to demand unconstitutional rights. Uh, 
and privileges against the people um, because there are sellouts to the slave labor markets in China and, and the import refugees and open border um, slave labor markets yeah. that are coming through the open borders and exploitation of that. And in the, in the end, what ends up really happening is, is that uh, our lives are changed forever with this social credit score system. The vaccine passport system is nothing but a precursor to the social credit score system. That and, is my strong belief. And if you go back, and I think I've said this on the show before, way back when, in the very beginning of Facebook, uh, I was working uh, for Chase at the time, and Facebook was this thing for college kids back then. And the, one of the first things in their mission is they talked about a social credit score. Now, granted, it was a social credit score for college kids, you know, but it evolved. So that was in its genesis, that concept. So now it's coming more to, to fruition all these years later, 16 years later. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating what's happening with all this. But one more thing about the medical. I think as much as it's great that we have so much information about people and that we've captured it electronically and we can use that information for good, we can also use that information to have against people. And I think we need to be cognizant about, about our information and how it is out there and that others can find out about it and it can, you know, limit us in terms of our choices. Right. Well, I want to read some tweets because we we have um, been out out of, you know, we haven't done a show since October 4th until this week, and now we're back. Yep. Um, But really, I was so sick that I couldn't even tweet. I couldn't even Facebook. I couldn't get, you know, I I was in so much pain. You know, you try tweeting and doing research and think, oh, that's clever. Your mind's not even in that zone, And right? then you look at it later and you say, wait a minute, that's not so clever. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, what's your pain level? It's a 10, you know? It's like I have not one, you know, other concern about, I'm not tweeting while my pain level's a 10. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, that's just not going to happen. Right. Um, so I, I had been through the ringer. I mean, this has been mm-hmm. a tough road. I did not have one solitary single day in the hospital where I wasn't inundated with nurses. There was a day, there was a few days where I had what, Leonardo? I had about three things on one arm and three things on the other. People would come to stick another needle in me and they literally couldn't find a piece of my arm to jab me. It was unbelievable. Uh, If you took a picture of that, and I don't have one, but it was like, just a truckload of holes in my arms. Well, well exactly, and and you know, so so you're, but uh, you're on the road I, to recovery now, and you're no, back but, on the air. But but now I want to get back to some tweets because I've been catching up a little. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I feel like um, the guy from Castaway, you know, and Wilson, <laughs> his, his soccer. Ball. Yeah, when he develops a relationship with his soccer ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so Bradford File writes two years. And the man still leading our COVID response is a psychopath who helped fund the virus. Yeah. How in the world is Fauci still running the show? I don't know. That's that's absolutely, think about it. Yeah. That's by design, folks. That's not by... No, it's not by happenstance. No, he's still still running the show. See, I always said this. I always said that Fauci is part of the military apparatus. 
What, Scott? What are you? Are you on your meds again? Right? Yeah. <laughs> no. You know, I, I think that um, I think that COVID was a bioweapon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And who supports and who finances and who endorses bioweapons secretly? You remember what was Einstein that was uh, uh, one of the think tankers on the atomic bomb? Yeah. And it was a very clandestine, very covert, very top secret mm-hmm. thing that he was doing. Yeah. Well, well, today's day and age, I believe that Fauci's been involved. Not only is a is he a world class bureaucrat, yeah, he understands not only how the government pushes through certain agendas, yeah, because he's been doing this for fifty years. Yeah. He understands how the wheels of government work. He's the highest paid government official in government. I think I've heard that. Mm-hmm. He's at least one of the highest, 700000 or something he's getting. But in any case, just from the government, he's getting billions from Gates and elsewhere. But he's also connected with academia, the liberal institutions called our colleges and universities, um, all the professors that are associated with that, the liberal medical field. He's connected with all the medical field because he holds the pen that writes the checks Yes. So everybody kisses his ring, his little man syndrome ring. He can't throw a baseball. He's not he's not manly, but he <laughs> has this ring that people kiss. And um, so he is Dr. Fauci. He's connected, I think, with the military. And I think that this bioweapon was a concerted effort mm-hmm. be- because they weren't they did not want to do it in North Carolina like they were suggesting. They wanted to outsource this so that because it was probably unconstitutional. There was probably a violation of several laws that the military had to engage in to get this bioweapon off the ground. You know, he uh, green-lighted gain of function in January during the transition of the Trump transition team. Now, Trump should have probably done more with regard to this, but this gain of function, I think Trump trusted his military. But I believe this was a, uh, I think that that's why he's so arrogant. I think this is why he's Teflon. He knows that nothing can happen to him. Because I think that this COVID was a bioweapon that was unleashed for a lot of reasons. We can get into those in another show. But I believe that this was a bioweapon, and I think that the military was in on it. Just like when James Clapper said, not wittingly, we're, we're met it. We're spying on every American yeah. through metadata. Yeah. And it's interesting that Facebook now calls their company Meta. I think that they even outsourced metadata collection and gave it to the, the social media. Yeah. That's why Section 230 is untouchable. That's why the social media groups, Facebook, now called Meta. Come on, man. They're rating your face with that metadata. Are you right? channeling Joe Biden no. with your come on man no, expression? No, he stole that. <laughs> he stole that. Anyway, he's a chump, Joe Biden. Yeah, but, don't say. Yeah. No, but I, I, when I hear myself say it, I, I cringe. I'm like, oh, I just said something Joe Biden says. And it makes me sick, right? But um, no, in any case, no, these, these social media uh, companies are working for the government. They're working for the CIA. They're working for the military. Mm-hmm. And that's why they get these license, the contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, what was it? Um, 
the uh, Amazon had that cloud-based thing called Jedi. Yeah. And th- that didn't, they didn't win that contract. Microsoft was bidding on cloud-based stuff. Yeah. And there's a lot of technologies that these companies are sh- they're using to share collected data. Yeah. And so it's just fascinating that Facebook now changes their name to Meta. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like a, a shot in your eye. You know, like, how do you like me now? They're arrogant, folks, because the military and the CIA are running this country. That's the sad truth. And the corruption in Washington as well. So Catherd writes, imagine having a president with a 38% approval rating and a vice president with a 28% approval rating with 99, uh, listen to this. I'm listening. With 99% of the media on their side. Yeah. Think about that math. Yeah, I know. You got 38% approval with the president, 28% approval with the vice president, and yet you have 99% of the media endorsing every word you say. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Does that make any sense to you? Of course it doesn't. It makes zero sense to me. Charlie Kirk writes, unvaccinated Border Patrol agents are being fired while unvaccinated illegal aliens are welcomed into the country and flown across America. Make it make sense. Try that for try that on for size. Charlie Kirk also writes. According to a new Pentagon report, the Chinese Navy is now the largest maritime battle force on Earth, surpassing the United States. But no, no need to worry we have a new ship named after a gay pedophile, Harvey Milk, and a trans activist being promoted to a four-star admiral. Yeah. You know, we got, our, we got our priorities in the wrong place. The military is always two steps behind. Why would they ever name I was good, I was bringing this up yesterday. So he's a gay slaying rights leader. Uh, they made a movie about him uh, probably about 10 years ago with Sean Penn playing Harvey That's Milk. Right, it was yeah. a good movie. It's called Milk. But what is his... No, the film was good, but what is his connection to to the Navy? I mean... What's you know, that? Well, okay, sailors. Okay, for okay, he was a sailor that who was forced into the shadows. Okay, that's why. Oh, that's why they named it. They named yeah, the, yeah. Uh, for far too long, sailors like Lieutenant Milk were forced into the shadows, or worse yet, forced out of our beloved Navy. That's what they said. Holy cow! So that's the reason why they named it for him. Christina Bob says all all in person ballot images in Georgia are missing. Seventeen thousand six hundred ninety mail in ballot images are missing. This is fraud. So Georgia has no way to verify that the ballots are legitimate reflections of what went through the machines. Hmm. You know, there's fraud everywhere. I wrote this one. I said, part of uh, global social credit score push to 70% vaccinated to get corporate sponsorship of draconian tyrannical mandates, those corporations will in turn benefit from easy access to slave labor markets. I talk about that all the time. That's Oh, I was retweeting some other tweet that actually got deleted uh, on that. That's what that's where that came in. Well, in any case, we're running out of time, Leonora. Yes, we are. As usual, commercial free uh, for a whole hour. And I uh, just want to tell everybody, my name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Cravetta. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Hey, from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to their neck.